On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we preview the Kansas-Oklahoma State football game for Saturday, and we also take a look into our bet online segment of the week where we go into the football game from the betting perspective, but we also take a look at some basketball odds for the upcoming college basketball season and some player awards. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk from 3 to 6 every Monday through Friday on KLWN in Lawrence. That's also where you can listen to the Kansas-Oklahoma State game tomorrow. Pre-game at 1 o'clock and kickoff at 2.30. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to preview that KU-Oklahoma State game on Saturday. Oklahoma State comes in ranked. Kansas is not. Kansas is reeling, losing the last three games. Oklahoma State reeling after a 48 to nothing loss to Kansas State should be very interesting. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on, all one word, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. So you have that kind of aspect here for this game that both teams are reeling a little bit, headed into this to different degrees and varying levels. And then you have maybe the the biggest story in this game is just who the heck are the quarterbacks going to be? For Kansas, there was the report from Pete Thamel a couple weeks ago that they were kind of targeting this game for a possible return for Jalen Daniels. Now, we had media availability earlier this week, and the quarterback who was made available to us was Jason Bean. It was not Jalen Daniels. Does that tell you that Jason Bean is in line to be the starter? Is that possible mind games to try to get Oklahoma State to say, hey, we're expecting Jason Bean, and then they throw out Jalen Daniels, and it's more of a surprise. I would personally think if it was Jalen Daniels, they would have announced it to a point that, you know, you want to get fans in the stadium. And I don't know, they might sell it out regardless. But if you announce Jalen Daniels, there's probably going to be an extra push for for ticket sales, would just be my guess. So if he was starting, I would think they would want to have announced it. But again, it could be the mind game thing, because at the end of the day, yes, Kansas is running the same offense and doing a lot of the same things, but we know a lot of the play calling is different. Kansas hasn't been able to do as much of the triple option stuff with Jason Bean than Jalen Daniels. So there is a little bit of a mental edge you could gather if they expect one guy and it's the other. That said, you know, if if I'm having to make a prediction for who's starting at quarterback, I'm going Jason Bean, but I don't know one way or another. So we'll wait and see there. For Oklahoma State, they also are in a weird situation where you don't really know who their quarterback is going to be. Spencer Sanders gets injured in the Kansas State game. He, he kind of was battling injuries all season long to this point in time. And, and then he has the, the shoulder injury against Kansas State. No idea whether he's expected to play or not. Mike Gundy said earlier this week, we're going to rest him at practice. And then we hope that he can be back for the game. But again, that could be mental warfare from the coach as well to say, yeah, he could be back for the game. You got to prepare for Spencer Sanders, who is a more mobile quarterback than what Gunnar Gundy is. And you have to prepare differently for that than what Gunnar Gundy is. Kansas said they've prepared like it is going to be Spencer Sanders. But again, that could be mental warfare. You don't know what is being said out here is actually true or not uh, among what's going to happen at the quarterbacks. I would just say this. We're going to get to our bet online segment coming up later in the show. The line keeps moving toward KU. That, to me, seems to be indicative that Vegas is not expecting Spencer Sanders to play in this game. 
So again, if I'm making a prediction of who's going to start a quarterback for KU, I said I'd probably go Jason Bean. Don't feel great about it. I probably would do the the, the same with Oklahoma State that I feel like Gunnar Gundy is going to start, but I don't feel great about it. Now, it's funny because we've had these conversations on RCST this week and whatnot that as as much as Jalen Daniels does raise the the kind of floor and and some of the the simple plays and and does add so much to this offense, Jason Bean's been really good, uh, especially in a backup role. So while Jalen is an improvement over Jason Bean, the drop off from Jalen Daniels to Jason Bean, it's not nearly as wide as the gap from what has shown to be the difference between Spencer Sanders and Gunnar Gundy. So if you have a battle of backup quarterbacks, I think you like that matchup if you're KU. Obviously, you'd love the perfect world where it's Jalen Daniels versus a backup quarterback, but uh, Spencer Sanders being out is a bigger deal than Jalen Daniels being out in this game, and a big reason why is what you have at the backup quarterback. Now, overall, when you look at Oklahoma State this year, they haven't really ranked at this point in time well statistically when you look at a lot of their different conference numbers. You're looking at a team who's like eighth in the conference in rushing offense and rushing defense, and they give up a lot of passing yards, one of the lowest numbers in the conference, uh, yet they do have one of the better scoring defenses in the conference. Special teams has been good, which that's certainly going to be interesting here. Um, it's a team that really, when you look at the offense, and, and Keep in mind, a lot of those numbers that may be lower, like Oklahoma State ranking in the bottom half of the Big 12 in a lot of these regards, it's obviously coming off that Kansas State game where you scored zero points and you lost by 48, and that's going to have a big, I don't know, push against you because in a conference like the Big 12 where all of the teams are stacked right next to each other, you have one bad game. You could go from being ranked fourth in something to all of a sudden eighth. So it, it may not be totally indicative of, of you know where they are as a program and whatnot, but you look at a lot of what they've done this season. Spencer Sanders has meant so much to the offense. He is first in the in the Big Twelve in total yards per game. He's top two in like pat in in like touchdowns and and all sorts of other stats, passing yards per game. That he has pretty much carried this offense. That in years past we've seen have like a dynamic running game or a dynamic running back. And they haven't really had that as much this season. The running game hasn't come through as much. Spencer Sanders has pretty much been carrying the offense. He's an experienced quarterback. He had certain ups and downs with maybe turnovers in years past, but he had been electric this year for Oklahoma State. So if you remove him from the equation, I don't know what this Oklahoma State offense is going to look like. Because again, they've struggled in a lot of other facets offensively outside of the quarterback but the quarterback has been that good that they've still been able to put up numbers so now if you're removing the one thing that was kind of keeping it together you wonder if it's going to be like a house of cards that kind of collapses on itself for Oklahoma State but again Spencer Sanders plays you look at Oklahoma State probably scoring 30 maybe 40 points in a game like this if he doesn't maybe this is a game where the defense can hold him under 30 maybe even under 20 points and you could have maybe even like an Iowa State type of game to try to win you the game the question with that Kansas State game for me is did Kansas State expose something for Oklahoma State, or is it just a bad game, quarterback got hurt, Kansas State's just a good team who they were mad after the TCU game, and now Oklahoma State's going to bounce back? Because if you're going to get a bounce-back performance from Oklahoma State in this one, that's bad news for Kansas. But if they did exploit something, and you know, talking to like Lonnie Phelps earlier this week at KU Media Availability, he seemed to think that Kansas State may have exploited things on the offensive line that maybe they can take advantage of. Again, Oklahoma State could adjust. Uh, they could have a bounce-back performance. But that's going to kind of be a calling card, and it is weird because Kansas is now, like, this is their thing. They're just playing all these schools after they have 
a loss where they're going to have that bounce back and you know they're going to be up and ready for it, which is unfortunate for KU. But you look back, like Baylor had the close loss to West Virginia. Oklahoma had the blowout loss to TCU. So uh, it's just kind of how the going goes in the Big 12. One other thing to note in this one, the tempo. Kansas really struggled with tempo against Oklahoma. They looked disorganized. They couldn't line up properly. Guys were blowing coverages. Oklahoma State plays an even faster tempo than Oklahoma. If Spencer Sanders can't play, though, will that continue or will they slow it down? And how much did the bye week help for Kansas in preparing for the tempo? Because it's not just Oklahoma State. Texas Tech, who you play after this, is the fastest team in the country. Oklahoma State's fifth. Oklahoma's 20th in terms of plays per game. So if you look at all those things, Kansas should have prepared for tempo over the bye week. We'll see how much that helped in a game like this. And I think that you're looking at this game based on the Vegas line, like it being down to a pick at this point. I don't think the Texas Tech game on the road is going to be a pick Same with the Texas game or the K-State game to finish. So this is basically Vegas telling you this is your most winnable game. You want to make a bowl game? Yeah, of course. You could still win one of your last three. But you want to make a bowl game? This is your best chance to get win number six. All right, in just a moment here, we're going to get on to our matchups of the game. But first, this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. It's a super friendly app that's very easy to maneuver. You can add some action to whatever games you're watching, whether it's your team or someone else. And you can even mix and match with games of your own team and the other teams as well. And if you've got a great pulse on your team, you can really take advantage of that. Just pick between two and five players across any teams and decide if they will finish higher or lower than their props. They also have drafts that you can do. You can do these higher or lowers for the MLB with the World Series, for the NBA ongoing, for the NFL over the weekend. Let's take a look at some of the big 12 ones in college football. How about Quentin Johnson? Been on a tear for TCU in conference play. Over 84 and a half receiving yards for him. Looking like a, a legit. I don't know, top 15 first round pick. Quinn Ewers, over 243 and a half passing yards. I think Kansas State going to sell out against B. John Robinson. Quinn Ewers is going to have to do it with an arm, especially if they get down to a really good Kansas State team. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, over 101 and a half rushing yards. Don't really trust the Kansas or the uh, Texas defense. And if you do all three of those, that pays off six to one. You can do the same, or you can do even higher odds. Uh, it's super easy to play. It's available in over 30 states, including right here in Kansas. You can sign up with promo code locked on. All one word, an underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store and Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Our matchups for the week will start with first down. The KU pass blocking against the Oklahoma State pass rush. Oklahoma State has athletic and good pass rushers. They really always have in the Big 12. And they're 34th in the country on pro football focus in pass rush grade. They are third in the Big 12 in sacks per game. Brock Martin, beast. Tyler Lacey, beast. And they are a little bit better on the edges than the inside. So specifically, if you're looking for what I don't know, a couple player matchups or something along the two of these, then I would say Martin and Lacey versus Bostick and Cable do for Kansas. Like those could really decide the game. And it's going to be imperative for Jason Bean to be able to step up in the pocket and be able to evade some pressure as well, but not get too skittish in the pocket as well. KU has been excellent in pass protection so far this season. And given Jason Bean a lot of long pockets, it's going to be uh, an even tougher task this week, though, when you're taking on a good Oklahoma State team. And one thing that, you know, you think about with 
passing the ball is, well, on a lot of third downs, you might have to pass the ball. And honestly, you know, we've chosen um, KU on third downs in the past, and, and they have the number one third down offense in the Big 12 in terms of conversion rate on third down. Well, Oklahoma State has the best third down defense in the Big 12. Kansas is converting 53% of third downs this season. Oklahoma State's allowing opponents to convert just 27%. So we could have chosen that as a matchup, honestly, too, but kind of lumps in here with KU's ability to pass block on those key downs. Second down, KU's defensive line versus the Oklahoma State offensive line. Oklahoma State has not been a great offensive line. And this is something we've talked about with KU's disruption and chaos numbers on the defensive line a week or two ago, that KU was putting up these big numbers with tackles for loss and with uh, sack numbers and whatnot. But against some of the better offensive lines, some of those numbers have dissipated and faded. Obviously, you had the Lonnie Phelps injury for the Oklahoma game, and that certainly hurt them in that regard. Oklahoma State is not one of those offensive lines, though. Like, like Oklahoma and Baylor – in pro football focus, you're looking at two offensive lines that in pass blocking and run blocking grade, like they're top 25 in both. West Virginia, who you kind of struggled against, had a really veteran offensive line returning all their guys from last year and have created some good push this season at different times. Oklahoma State has not been that. They're 88th in the country on pro football focus and pass block grade. They are 108th in the country in run blocking grade. This has not been a good Oklahoma State offensive line. And their left tackle, ETN, has a 49.3 overall pro football focus grade. Lonnie Phelps needs to feast in this game. Obviously, he'll be getting doubled and chipped at different points, but he has to take advantage of that matchup. And furthermore, you got to look out for Oklahoma State to hit the right side of their offensive line the most. The left tackle, left guard, and center all have pro football focus grades under 54. Right guard, right tackle have been a little bit better, so that's where they're going to try to take advantage of the KU uh, defense a little bit, I would think. Plus, that could be away from Lonnie Phelps. Maybe they move Lonnie Phelps around the formation, but if KU gets beaten this unit, I mean, obviously that's a bad sign. You'd be turning a weakness for them into a strength. So this cannot happen for KU. This is a non-negotiable if they want to win the game. Doesn't mean they have to have the most dominant performance. They can't get beat in this regard. This can't be a game where you have three tackles for loss and one sack. Like you have to create pressure, chaos, and, and keep guys off the linebackers in this game. Uh, and it would make things a lot tougher for you to stop the run if the defensive line doesn't perform well against what has been a up and down offensive line for Oklahoma state and something that has really reverted for KU the last two games to last season with their rush defense, Oklahoma state hasn't been great running the ball. And a big reason why is that um, offensive line, the backs aren't ultra dynamic, like some of the ones we've seen in the past as well. But if the KU defensive line doesn't win this matchup, it could be a long day again on the ground. And if Spencer Sanders isn't going for Oklahoma State and it's Gunnar Gundy, they're going to want to rely on the running game even more. And the weather might be bad too. So this is honestly probably the most imperative of any of the matchups in this game. You have to at least go even, probably win this matchup if you're KU on this side of the ball. Third down, Kansas in space against Oklahoma State. Kansas... um, when they've been able to to get the ball to you know the running backs out in space, have had good plays. They've had a lot of runs though, where maybe it's a, a zero one yard run on first down because uh, they weren't able to I don't know create any push. And like I think that's the biggest difference that you're missing, Daniel Highshaw. Devin Neal has unbelievable vision and cutting ability and speed in the open field and whatnot. He's more of a one cut runner. 
that if you block the play for him, he can turn it into a huge game. Whereas Daniel Hyshaw is more of a player of, you know, maybe if you block it perfectly for him, he doesn't go as far as Devin Neal, but on a play that's not blocked perfectly for you, he might get a couple more yards than Devin Neal or, you know, Kai Thomas or Savion Morrison because he's just kind of a, a plowing running back that's going to run guys over, right? So you've missed that without him. Well, Oklahoma State is 41st in run defense on pro football focus, but they're giving up a lot of yards. They rank in the bottom half, bottom three, when you're looking at Big 12 and, and rushing yards allowed per game. They're just 103rd in the country in tackling grade. So if Kansas can block well enough to get those good skill players to the second level or can find the receivers at the short to intermediate level, you should be able to make Oklahoma State miss in the open field. And that's how those plays turn into explosive plays and big plays. So again, this kind of goes back to the KU offensive line. I know we did against the pass rushers, but if they can create that initial surge, Oklahoma State has struggled with tackling this season, and maybe that could allow you to have a big running game. The last one on fourth down is special teams. Oklahoma State is second in the country on pro football focus in special teams grade. They are seventh in the country on ESPN's power index in special teams efficiency. Kansas, meanwhile, in pro football focus ranked poorly. They're in the 90s, but on ESPN in the power index, they're in the 20s. So they've been kind of good and bad in, in depending – how you look at it and and based on how those two kind of grade things, the Oklahoma state punter just retired. I don't know how much that's going to affect things in a game like this, but in what is being projected as a close game, do not let Oklahoma state break some big plays on special teams that turn the game. They have two return touchdowns this season, one on kick, one on punt. They've been good overall. Uh, Essentially (laughs) the matchup here for KU is don't bleep something up. Like don't, give away the game and what's a close game because you had a punt blocked or you gave up a punt return touchdown, especially if Oklahoma State is without Spencer Sanders and they're going to be needing for more points. I'll give one extra just for the fun of it, uh, just a player matchup here. Jabbar Muhammad, who is Oklahoma State's top corner against Lawrence Arnold or Quentin Skinner on the outside. Um, that's going to be a matchup all day long that is going to be super interesting. KU's receivers have been great so far this season. He's their best corner. If you can beat him, that really will open things up for you offensively. Okay, in just a moment here, we're going to get on to our bet online segment of the week here on Locked on Jayhawks. Our bet online segment of the week features Kansas and Oklahoma State with a pick'em line. How about that? A pick'em. It opened up at around three and a half, worked down to two throughout the week, and now at a pick'em for this game. Again, I said it earlier, I think that kind of tells you that Vegas is not really expecting Spencer Sanders to play in this game. And if that's the case, then this is Kansas's most winnable game of their four remaining. Now, if he does play, that line probably moves closer to, I don't know, maybe even six or seven points if he were going to be playing all week long. I don't know. So uh, it certainly has a big impact. And maybe Vegas is also saying we were expecting Jalen Daniels to play. And if they were told Jalen Daniels is not, maybe Oklahoma State would be back at minus two or minus three or something like that. But what's interesting is a lot of the money was coming in or a lot of the bets were coming in on Oklahoma State. Yet the line continues to move to Kansas, which continues to tell me they do not have confidence in what's going to happen with Spencer Sanders. As far as the over under, it's at 64 and a half. I don't know what to think of that. If Spencer Sanders again doesn't go like Oklahoma State might only score, what, 24 points? but Kansas defense has been maligned at different points recently. I think honestly, I'm leaning toward the under. It could be a game where rain is involved. Now I know the forecast maybe is more so leaning to a lot of that could get exhausted through Friday and whatnot. And and before the game, but if there is any inclement weather, you could have two teams that 
uh, are trying to run the football. Kansas trying to take advantage of the the poor tackling numbers for Oklahoma State and just trying to win on the ground and, and try to keep the ball offensively against an offense that runs really fast tempo to try to keep your defense rested. Whereas Oklahoma state without Spencer Sanders, trying to establish the run against a Kansas run defense that hasn't been very good this year. So you could have a lot of run plays in this game. I think I'm leaning under in that regard, but it wouldn't shock you if the Kansas defense that has struggled still gives up in the thirties to Oklahoma state. And if Kansas can put up in the thirties against an Oklahoma state defense that, you know, it's far, different from the Oklahoma State defense last year. Like last year, Oklahoma State had one of the best, like this is not hyperbole, they had one of the best defenses in Big 12 history. But they had a lot of like fifth-year, sixth-year players who took advantage of the COVID rule or guys who were just coming back for senior year now moved on to the NFL and are playing certain roles there. Like they had a really good defense. They lost a lot. They have struggled in certain regards this season. So there is a world very much where it's over, but I think I'm leaning under at this point in time. I did want to mention one other thing coming up on Bet Online. It's a basketball related thing. The odds came out on the Wooden Award, and Jalen Wilson is at 18 to 1 odds. That is tied eighth among players. Kevin McCuller is at 33 to 1 odds, tied 16th among players. Now, I know this isn't saying, well, these are the top whatever players in the country. Here, we're going to rank them, and that'll be their odds. Part of it is what they can get the betting market to agree on and bet on and, and get numbers at. Another part of it is who has the opportunity, who has the national stage, because you could be one of the 10 best players in the country, but if your team goes 17 and 13 or you play for a mid-major school, you're probably not going to win this award unless you put up like 30 per game, like a Doug McDermott or Jim or Fredette. So it's not indicative of that. But hypothetically, if they're saying Jalen Wilson is a top 10 player in the country, I think you're going to feel really good about the And Kevin McCuller is a top 20 player. You're going to feel really good about how this season goes for KU. Now, I don't love the Kevin McCuller one, to be honest. Just because, like, I think Kevin McCuller is going to have a huge impact for this team. He could be the best perimeter defender in the country. He's going to probably get you, I don't know, two and a half, three, four assists per game uh, with just his passing ability. He'll get you a handful of rebounds. He'll probably score for you 12, 13 points per game. He'll just be a really good player for you overall. But I, I think to win player of the year, you got to put up like very lofty individual numbers. So for that reason, I wouldn't mind Jalen Wilson at 18 to one. I think there's very much a world out there where he puts up 16, 17, maybe even 18 points per game. He can put up eight, nine, 10 rebounds per game. And if he does that and Kansas wins the big 12 or gets a share of it and they're a one or a two seed, he's going to have a really good shot at doing it and being a first team All-American and winning that award. So I, I don't mind those odds at all at 18 to one for Jalen Wilson. I haven't seen Grady Dick on any of these lists. But if he popped up around like 40 to 1, 50 to 1, might be interested in uh, tossing something on that as well. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Jayhawks. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about, you can reach out at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. You can comment on our YouTube page. You can find us on anywhere you find your podcast or YouTube now as well. And uh, coming up on Monday's show, we'll recap whatever happens in the Oklahoma State game. Might do a little preview for the first KU basketball game of the season against Omaha. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you're getting all the latest with Locked on Jayhawks. That'll do it for today's episode. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see some of you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later today. Bye.